Director of Player Development, John Watson, will not be returning to the Washington Nationals. And before we get into that, Houston, we got a problem. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I'm your host, Ryan Clare. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And make sure to subscribe over on YouTube. Search Locked On Nationals there and hit that notification bell as well. Later on in today's show, we got postseason baseball today. I'm going to have some wild card predictions as it's going to be a very, very fun few days here on Locked On Nats, but Nats are out of the postseason now, but postseason baseball is still here, and so there's some NL East teams in action. We'll discuss that a little bit later on. Also, with the news of D. John Watson uh, not returning as the director of player personnel, our director of player development with the Washington Nationals, we kind of got to talk about this front office and as a whole what has gone wrong over the last month what are all these changes what do they mean what needs to happen all those answers will be answered a little bit later on but first and foremost let's just talk about the news here because if you haven't been aware just yet director of player development d john watson has been let go of the organization, or rather let go. His contract did expire, and they will not be renewing it. And that was from Andrew Golden with the Washington Post. Now, as he reported that last night. And first and foremost, at first when I saw this news, I was just kind of like, uh, because if you're just strictly talking about the job that D. John Watson did, I think there are a lot of good things from what he did. And there's also some bad things, if we're being honest. But first, let's start off with the good. He was hired back right before the 2022 season or right after the 2021 season, whichever way you want to look at it. And with his role, it says it in the title. He is the head of player development. And it's not just players up in the major leagues. It is the prospect development. Guys down in the minor leagues. That's your Dylan Cruz and your Brady House and all those big-time guys. He is the one in charge of the player development side of it. He is the one that Mike Rizzo has appointed to kind of oversee those operations. And his work is done in the minor leagues. That is why he's always at Fredericksburg. I'm sure if you guys have gone to any minor league affiliates, you've probably seen him there sitting behind home plate. So that is his job. And if you were to look at the Nationals and their farm system over the last year and a half or so, obviously it is much different. But there's two things to take away from it. One, the Nationals had the number two overall pick in this year's draft, and they got the number one player in this draft with Dylan Cruz. Obviously, there's no real scouting involved there. Obviously, they're still scouting. They're still scavenging for any issues or all the good things. Whatever you want to do, there's still work needed to be done. But we all knew it was either going to be Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens. The Nationals would have taken either one gladly. And then you look on the flip side of this. With this organization and where it's at, We all know what happened with the Juan Soto trade. You trade away Juan Soto, you get back a haul of prospects. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, James Wood, a top 10 prospect in baseball. You get back Yarlan Susana, who's supposed to be a big-time flame-throwing pitcher who just hasn't really come into that at this moment in time. 
a ton of other prospects. Robert Hassel as well. Another top 30 prospect in all of baseball at one point. Obviously really slid down this year and hasn't lived up to expectations. But with all that said, there are good things. And I, I kind of took those guys out of the picture here because if I was the GM and I, or if you were the GM, I think it's pretty easy to make that trade, that Juan Soto trade. Now, he's the guy scouting them. He's the guy overseeing their development. And there's a lot of good things to take away, especially from James Wood and the way that he's developed. He's continuing to just rise. His power has been getting there. He's been getting bigger. He's been getting a much better approach at the plate. All these different things. And D. John Watson did oversee them. Now, if you took all the Padres guys away, the James Wood, the Robert Hassel, who, by the way, really struggled this year, which we talked about a lot, I kind of look at guys who have been in the system since D. John Watson took over. You look at Dalen Lyle. He's kind of one of those key projects who has really catapulted himself up the Nationals board, and we've seen him kind of take off this year and really develop and take those next steps after recovering from Tommy John surgery just last year. You also look at Trey Lipscomb, a third-round pick in 2022, who's taken that next step up this year. You look at Drew Milas. You look at Mitchell Parker, Jacob Young, who made it to the big leagues this year, Jake Alou as well. All those guys, those are D. John Watson guys. These are guys that you can really kind of put in his checkbox saying he did the job and he did it correctly with those guys. Now, on the other hand, yes, the whole farm system as a whole is very top-heavy. If you look back down in the 20s range or whatever site you get your prospect list from, that's when it gets a little bit rougher. And it gets pretty rough around the edges, if we're being honest here. Because if you see the guys like coming out of the Dodgers system, they have guys who are ranked their 17th prospect. And these rankings, by the way, don't really mean all that much. It's just what you and I go by. It's what the data and the access that we have. All those guys in those organizations like the Dodgers, like the Braves, like the Rays, those teams, they do it differently. They've always done it differently, and they've done it a very good job, by the way. But when you look at the Nationals' farm system as a whole, you see it's very top-heavy. This is kind of why I believe D. John Watson is being let go. That's at least what I thought. And the reason why, I always thought this was going to be a performance-based thing. At first, when I saw this news, I was kind of like, okay, what are they going to do now? Because in my mind, as soon as I saw it, there was one thing that I feared. One big thing that I feared was that this was going to be a budget cut situation, meaning they aren't going to be filling this role. They don't plan to fill this role. And from Andrew Golden in the Washington Post, quote, this was what he had to say from that. But a main driver of decisions will be to slim the organization's budget And that was from Andrew Golden in the post. And that's what he heard from sources. And oh my God, that is the issue here. That is the issue when it comes to this decision. This doesn't sound like it was a performance-based thing. Because D. John Watson, it's very rare to have someone only sit in the front office, especially for only two years. Now, he's been with the organization since 2017 as a special assistant. But he got hired as the director of player development back in 2022 he got that role and you've seen a lot of development over the last year and a half and of course yes again the Padres trade helped that out but you see the guys who really don't get the recognition like those guys Trey Lipscomb Drew Miles Darren Baker very big success story by the way Mitchell Parker Jacob Young those guys who 
aren't necessarily touted prospects. They aren't guys that you're going to be, look, we got this guy coming up. We don't need Juan Soto anymore. We don't need this X player, whatever it is, because we have this prospect coming up. They aren't really that guy. But the issue with this whole kind of fiasco and really what this has been kind of snowballing into is that the scouts that we just let go just a month ago, that was also budget cuts, at least what was reported for now. And now with this, a big time position in the middle of your rebuild, you are getting rid of your director of player development. The guy who is in charge of developing your prospect, the team that doesn't really spend that much money right now to fill their team up with superstars and get a little fat like the Los Angeles Angels, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Braves. Those are the teams that do it. The Nationals aren't that anymore. We just simply aren't. I think we still have a good chance of being that. I think we definitely can be that. But also, the rubber has to hit the road eventually. And at this moment in time, this is a budget decision by the Nationals. And now while I'm sure they may hire someone, they I feel like they have to. Because what are you going to have to do with this? You have to have someone leading your minor leagues throughout the player development portion of this in a big rebuild. You have so many assets down in your minor leagues that you are going to be counting on to come up and help your team and hopefully turn this thing around. Well, if you don't have someone at the head of those operations at the way that D. John Watson was doing, and again, he wasn't the best director of player development out there. We know that. He wasn't the best. He wasn't the worst. He was fine. He was good. He was still starting the job, in my opinion. There's still a lot of things that have to happen, but there's also a lot of things that have happened with him. The development of all those guys that I listed, the development of Jacob Young getting him up to the major leagues, the development of James Wood. Now you can also point and say, well, Yarlene Susanna, he's dropped off a little bit. Robert Hassel, he's dropped off a little bit, and that is 100% true. But there is not a single GM or a director of player development that is batting a 1,000 in the big leagues. It's not going to happen, and it will never happen, in fact. So when I saw that, at first when I saw the story come out, I was like, okay, we're making some changes. I think this is going to be an analytical approach. But at this moment in time, it certainly doesn't seem that way because Andrew Golden's a very well-connected beat reporter here for the Washington Post, covers the Nationals day in and day out. And if that didn't sound off the alarm for you, I don't know what has and what will have to happen in order to set those alarms off. Because that is the concerning part of this, is that the big complaint with the Lerner family who have been rumored to be selling the team, they aren't spending their money. And now we're seeing the budget costs right after a season, which, by the way, was a successful one, in my opinion. And now you let go of the director of player development, D. John Watson, who has seemingly done a good job. And at this moment in time, there's a question whether it's going to be filled. And if it is not filled, and if it's not filled by someone with some recognition to the game, with some familiarity with these prospects, maybe someone from outside the organization, which, is pretty doubtful, in my opinion, that is an issue. That is an issue that this team cannot have in the middle of a rebuild. Because, guys, we talked about this all year long. We talked about it the entire season. This isn't about the now, and it's about the future. And the future 
is about these prospects, the guys down in the minor leagues taking that next step in their development, which we have seen over the course of this season. And now you're getting rid of the guy who helped head that operation. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. At this moment, I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to freak out. But I will say it is concerning, to say the least, that it could be from a budget cut. And if that is the case, everyone panic. Everyone lose it because that is an issue. That is a huge issue in this rebuild if you're not going to spend on those assets that you have inside an organization. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. Now I want to make you guys kind of what's next? What is next in this front office? Because there's been a ton of changes. You talk about the scouting department getting overhauled just a month ago. You have your assistant GM, Johnny DePuglia, who overheard or oversaw the international department and scouting and all that. He's gone. Director of Player Development, the John Watson, he's now gone as well. What is next? What should happen? Let's talk about that. But before we get into that, let me tell you guys about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. And guys, I love Bird Dogs because I got some thick legs. But here's the thing. Bird Dogs make you look good. And trust me, they'll make you look good because they actually make me look good. And Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as that overhyped Lululemon, but fit way better. Bird Dogs fix all the issues that you've had with regular shorts by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. If you're at the office or you're working out, that will make you feel comfortable in your Bird Dogs. Just like they make me feel comfortable, I want the same for you guys. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB or enter promo code LockedOnMLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Now we get back into it as the Nationals, they've made some decisions over the last month or so. First and foremost, overhauling the scouting department at which at that moment, again, maybe I'm naive. I thought maybe this is going to be a different approach in the organization because they have, they have invested in analytics and Hawkeye equipment, which is kind of the, the thing that gives you all the data in the world that you could ever want from developing prospects. And they have invested in that. They have invested down in the minor leagues as well to really try to help the player development side of this. But now we know director of player development, Nee John Watson, is out. The scouting department has been overhauled. What is next with this front office? And I think it starts with this. Number one, you have to get this position filled talking about the director of player development for all the reasons that we just talked about in that first segment. When you are in charge of a rebuild, you have to get the player development portion of this right. And think of it this way. Let's just say I opened up a restaurant. I have no background in the restaurant industry. I worked as a host back in 2016 in high school. That's all I've got. I open up a restaurant here in Washington, D.C. I got no idea how to run a restaurant. I know nothing about running a restaurant. 
And you know what I do? I have my option of someone who has been a successful businessman, let's just say, or I have an option of someone who has been a successful chef at multiple different kitchens. And that's just what he's done for his entire life. I choose the businessman. I choose the guy who has stacked up some money over time over the guy who has actually prepared dishes and have done all the different things that a restaurant needs to do in order to stay in business. That is kind of like what the Nationals are doing right now. And I'm afraid that they're going to go that business route guy instead of that fresh chef who has done it his entire life, his entire existence surrounds that restaurant or in this scenario, that baseball team. John Watson has not been a lifer with the Washington Nationals. He spent his time with the Los Angeles Dodgers, which, by the way, should be pointing out, he led their player development from 2007 all the way through 2014. They've produced some superstars, certainly in that time frame as well. Does Clayton Kershaw ring a bell to you? Kenley Jansen, a couple Hall of Famers? Dijon Watson is not someone who is just getting a fresh start with a new organization. No, no, no. This guy has been a proven commodity across baseball. And while is he the guy who is credited with everything? Is he the guy that Clayton Kershaw is calling up every single day saying, thank you for developing me? Is Kenley Jansen giving him that phone call as well saying, thank you for everything you've done? Who knows at this moment? But he was involved with that process. He knows what a good organization does. And coming to the Nationals, the Nationals are, and at least were, a good organization in this department as well. But they have taken a step back now. They have taken this step back, number one, by overhauling the scouting department, and number two, now not having your player development heading the operation. And again, in a time that is so crucial for this team to get everything right, you have to get these things right because the simple fact of it is the ownership has not spent on the field. They have not spent their money in ways that are at least smart in at least ways that should improve the team. That is the fact at this moment in time. Now, again, let me reiterate this. I still believe the learners will spend eventually. That's my hope. I'm hoping this budget cost cost is going to be maybe coming back to the field, but we'll just have to see. Who knows at this moment in time? There's still a lot to be happening. There could be a lot more changes to come. Who really knows? But this is what I want to see happen with this organization now. I want to see them go outside the organization and hire someone that can fill this void. Now, let's just take what I've been saying over the last 15 minutes out of the equation here. Let's say the Nationals are going to hire someone to head that operation. I want this. This is what I want because this is what baseball is about nowadays. You need that young, analytical, driven guy outside the organization, preferably just some Dodger scout or maybe a Brave Scout, or maybe just some numbers guy from the Tampa Bay Rays, whatever it is. I think the Nationals, they have to go outside of the organization for this job. And this isn't really something that the Nationals do. It's never really been Mike Rizzo's kind of call to go outside the organization. And really in baseball in particular, there's not really many guys who move from organization to organization like you see in other sports. Baseball is a little bit different that way. Just really hasn't caught up to the times of plucking guys off another fruit tree. Just doesn't really happen nowadays. But the Nationals, they have to do this. Because you have to have someone outside of this organization which hasn't done the player development part of this thing correctly over the last five to seven years, really. They have to get this done. 
And if you were to go outside the organization and get that kind of smart analytical guy, this could change everything in your player development process. Maybe they get in the learner's ear saying, we need more money allocated to this. We need this down at low A Fredericksburg. We need whatever it is. Because those are the organizations that do it right. And yes, as an Annalise guy, as a Nationals fan, and you guys, you're Nationals fans, it may get annoying for me to say, the Braves do it right. The Braves do everything right. But it's true. They do it right. You have to do something similar to that. Go outside the organization. Get that young, up-and-coming guy who is invested into it and who lives and breathes baseball. Get something like that. Because if you were to get someone who is an analytical-driven guy, number one, you could have someone who replace Mike Rizzo down the road and we're not really discussing that. He just signed an extension here, but the matter of the fact is Mike Rizzo's getting a little there up in age and we can say what we want. I guarantee you Mike Rizzo is probably not that thrilled with this decision. Maybe it was his decision to move on from it, but if it was a budget cost kind of thing, then it was not his decision. I can tell you that right now. It just, that wouldn't make sense to me, in my opinion. That's coming from the top with the Lerner family. But furthermore, this Phil, this can't just be some nobody from inside the organization. And what I mean, nobody, I don't want just someone being an assistant GM and saying, oh, you're going to oversee the player development part. No, get someone that has done this before. Get someone who maybe even needs to prove himself and get into this role and just work their tails off. Because the thing is, the matter of the fact is with this organization, we've talked about it. They have not at all. Not a single bit. They have not developed their players well down in the minor leagues. And we've seen what this has caused throughout over the last, really, five to seven years. We have not been able to really bring anyone up since Juan Soto to really make a big difference up in the big leagues. You could talk about Josiah Gray and Kibet Ruiz, but they were both developed by the Los Angeles Dodgers. We could talk about James Wood and all the other flashy prospects we got, but those were guys who were mostly developed by the San Diego Padres. They pinpointed that talent and said, this is going to be the guy that we want to give more money to when talking about James Wood. That is why I want to see this team go outside the organization and start filling these holes because you can't tell me that we are taking the right step in this rebuild by gutting the scouting department and then gutting the director of player development, the guy who has overseen these operations, the guy that has kind of, at least at this point, has done a good job in what he has done from all that I've seen down in the minors and as well as heard. Off-season baseball, guys. The Washington Nationals. It's going to be a fun one, but today, not so fun. Now let's get into the MLB postseason as the wild card series starts today. I'm not going to spend too much time on the postseason this turnaround, but I do want to get some predictions in because I got some thoughts on the MLB postseason. There's some NLEs teams in here that might make a run, but also might not. I'll tell you more about that. But before we get into it, let me tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. And guys, snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one one sports book right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet that is 
$100 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. Like for Thursday Night Football this week, when the Commanders are taking on the Bears, guess what? The Bears stink. I think they've lost like 14 straight games dating back to last year. I am hammering the Commanders on the money line. Go Commanders. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Postseason baseball is today. This is something maybe we're talking about in a year from now. Maybe the Nationals are in this postseason stretch, which we'll get into a little bit later on this week about some odds surrounding that. But MLB postseason, it's here. This is the best time of the year for baseball. It's fall. The leaves are starting to turn colors. And, of course, postseason baseball and NFL football in one. It's the best time of year. Let's start off with the first game of today with the Texas Rangers against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Texas Rangers, they've been just hyped up all year long. Their offense, the offense is incredible, which it is. It's very good. But as we've kind of seen, they fumbled to the finish line just a little bit. They've stumbled, they bumbled, and they kind of rolled their way into the wild card series this year after leading the NL West or the AL West rather for what seemed like to be the entire season until the Houston Astros over the last month caught fire and just took over it, and we all know what happened then. So the Texas Rangers and Tampa Bay Rays. This is a wild matchup, in my opinion, because you have the Tampa Bay Rays while their pitching has kind of fallen off considering that they lost Shane McClanahan earlier this year. The Nationals faced him early on in the season as well, and we know what he can do. Very good pitcher, proven Cy Young winner, you can't really replace that guy, and they haven't since. So you got Tyler Glass now going in game one against this Rangers offense, and honestly, this series is going to be just a juggernaut of a series. It is going to be wild because something tells me the Tampa Bay Rays pitching is going to click. I think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be a very hard out regardless of who you're facing because they just always hit the right buttons. And while they do kind of run into these buzzsaws every now and then, the Texas Rangers, they could be that because they do have the offense for it. But I don't trust the Texas Rangers bullpen. And in baseball, we all know when it comes to October, you have to have that bullpen in check. You have to have that red-hot bullpen pitching, and you have to trust everyone going into every situation. Well, in Major League Baseball, the Texas Rangers, since the beginning of May, have a bottom five ERA when it comes to their bullpen in all of baseball. Going up against this Tampa Bay Rays team, who can also hit the crap out of the baseball, by the way, too, I favor the Tampa Bay Rays. And in fact, sorry, Bryce, over from Locked On Rangers, I think the Rays will sweep the Texas Rangers. I think they win the first two games. I think they send the Rangers home. That's just a gut feel here. Who knows what will happen? That is my prediction for their series. Then you have the Blue Jays and the Twins as well, and another really interesting series as well. You got the Minnesota Twins, who have one of the best starting pitching rotations in all of baseball, going up against a Toronto Blue Jays team, who has kind of, again, similar to the Texas Rangers, they've kind of fallen off a little bit, 
Their offense has taken a little bit of a step back. The pitching has been solid. Hunjin Ryu has been very good so far in 2023. He's kind of been their go-to guy. So when you're looking at this series again, I think it falls in similar fashion with the Rangers and the Rays. But on the other hand, I think the Minnesota Twins get this thing done, and it's because of the pitching. When you look at what they have starting pitching-wise, they have been consistently one of the better staffs in all of baseball all season long, and they can also still hit. Royce Lewis, they're, I don't even, he's not a rookie anymore. Former first-round pick back in 2017, I believe, first overall pick, kind of fell off. Not a lot of people heard about him because he dealt with some injuries down in the minor leagues. Well, since he came up to the majors last year, all he has done is hit the crap out of the baseball. I think this is going to be the stage where baseball world meet Royce Lewis. I think the Minnesota Twins are going to get this done. I think they win this series in three games because, obviously, starting from last year, wildcard series are now three games. You have three days, all of them at the higher seeds house. So that is going to be another very intriguing series. But I think the Twins get it done in three games. Diamondbacks versus the Brewers. And again, this is an interesting game. I do not believe in the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm going to say that now. I do not believe in this Diamondbacks team. I look at the Brewers, and while, yes, they've just lost Brandon Woodruff for the entire postseason, which is the third time in their last fourth postseason trips they have lost someone huge on their rotation or their bullpen. If you remember Devin Williams back in 2021, they lost him to a broken hand after, I believe, punching something in the dugout. And I think it was just the wall. He punched, broke his hand. That was one of their stud closers, stud relievers. They lost him for the entirety of the postseason there. You just lost Woodruff. It's happening again. It is happening again for this Brewers team. But I think this is the year. I think this is the going to be the year where they'll make it past the wild card. They may make it into the NLDS. Uh, well, if they make it past wild card, they're going to the NLDS. But they may make it to the NLCS as well. They kind of are my sleepy kind of contender this year with the Twins. I think the Brewers and the Twins are a lot better than a lot of people think. And we kind of just ignored the AL and NL Central this year because, number one, the AL Central was god-awful. But I think the Twins are a lot better than what the record dictates. And looking at the Brewers as well, they're kind of 2019 Nats-ish. And I say that because they were at 500 at one point this year. I believe they were 39 and 39 at one point this season. Turned it on to a 400, and they finished very well in the second half of the season, led by their pitching, led by the bullpen. Their offense, they've got a ton of young talent coming up. They've got a ton of young talent on their team, on their roster, in their lineup right now that could kind of catch some people by surprise. But looking at that team, again, super young, very exciting. I think they could get it done. And here we go. The NL East matchup we all want to see. The Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies. And looking at this matchup from the top down, this is not the matchup that the Philadelphia Phillies wanted. I can tell you that right now, and it's because, what is it? Pitching. Starting pitching in your bullpen and everything about this is the reason why you stack up these arms. This is why you want to kind of build your farm system around your starting pitchers and all these different things. 
the Miami Marlins, they got pitching. They got a lot of it too. Now the Philadelphia Phillies, they got some pitching as well, but I guarantee you this, they do not want to be facing this Marlins team because let's be honest, they're playing with house money right now. When I talk about the Miami Marlins, I've been a little disrespectful, if I'm being honest. I just have. I've never really been a believer in them. I remember back at the trade deadline when I did a crossover with uh, Lindsey Crosby and as well. Actually, it was not uh, back at the MLB draft. Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects, and Ethan Smith, host of Locked On Pirates. I remember they called me out for it, and they're like, dude, you just disrespected the Marlins when you said the Mets are better than them right now, and they clearly are not. And I was like, well, I do believe in that. I was wrong. The Miami Marlins, they're a good team. They got the starting pitching, as we've all known. And I hate to say it, I think the Phillies are going to get it done. Even with the Miami Marlins pitching, I don't think it's going to be an easy series. I think this goes the distance with three games here, and it's going to be a matter of, Who's going to get to four runs first? Because both pitching staff, both bullpens are pretty much solid, but it's going to come down to the wire. And I think that's going to mean a lot for postseason baseball. And again, October is here. I cannot wait. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. And of course, on tomorrow's show, we will discuss even furthermore into the Nationals offseason, get some 2023 reactions in and talk about some postseason baseball if anything crazy happens. Of course, I'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good one.